Hey, this is Pastor Drew Bratcher from Riverside Christian Assembly and from Showbread, because it's fresh. I got my good friend Jesse Felix. Today we're talking about deliverance, about how God delivers, about how we can be set free and free indeed, about how we can go hearing many voices to hearing only the voice of God. Hey guys, it's Jesse and Pastor Drew. It's Showbread, because it's fresh. So, Pastor Drew, thank you so much for taking your time out today and talking to us, me, and the rest of the listeners about, about deliverance today. You have a message about deliverance. Is that right? we got this great series on God being a deliverer. There are so many oppressive people right now. People feel like they're under tyranny. People are getting lorded over, bossed mm. around. It's people true. have a selfish nature, and yes, they, they need do. to know that God wants them to be free. God is a liberator. It's God that brought them out of Egypt. God will bring you out of spiritual Egypt. Pastor Drew, that's great. I think I think for our listeners, I think last week you said Christianese. I think you heard that that there are certain words and certain things that we say: Holy Spirit, deliverance, uh, you know, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, evangelical, different things like that. Someone that might not know what deliverance may may mean, like really, like I right. know as a Christian, you know as a Christian, but someone listening to this that might be newer, but just doesn't even know what the word really means. Can you talk a little bit of what the word deliverance means and the the power behind it through Jesus? I would love to. You know, the, the message this time is talking out of Mark chapter 5. And it's a very spiritual message. And so we do. We are spiritual people. We believe in principalities, powers, the devil, devils. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. So our Christianese has to be on point. That's true. Right. But for the common listener, for the person that doesn't know all the Bible and doesn't go to church all that well, mm -hmm. I would say that you can be delivered from bad habits. You can be delivered from bad ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. You can be set free of addictive behavior. Mm. You know, in the message, I, I reference a couple of people I know personally that were drug addicts, throwaways, people that couldn't help themselves but go back to drugs, back to drugs, back to drugs, mm -hmm. and then they were delivered. In other words, their old pattern was broken. They have a new pattern of life. They have a new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So part of the message is going to be in our psyche, in our spirit, in our mind, in our inner being, that we have changed and been set free of bad old ways of living unto new ways of living mm -hmm. absolutely pastor drew so when we talk about god's forgiveness and we talk about god's delivering us from certain things you know i think his his what do you think his purpose is like why why is he not just show up and just say i'm god and why does he have to deliver us from our addictions why can't he just because i guess for the for the unbeliever someone may new like someone that might be new wouldn't just going to heaven be it wouldn't that just be the end goal why does he have to even deliver us from anything that's a really good point. I think as a parent, we have a good perspective on how God is. We see not just the day, not just the hour, not just the five minutes where the kid squawks, I want my juice box, or I want the candy, or the ice cream man, yeah. ice cream man. But we see the bigger picture. We see that there's dinner cooking. We see that they have to be healthy. We see that they got sports they want to play, and they got education to go to. Absolutely. We see the big picture. they got to have healthy habits for when they're living on their own. And I think that mankind is so short-sighted. God not only wants to deliver you from sins and from hell and from the fear of death, but he wants to save you to something. Mm -hmm. He's conforming us to the image of his son. This life is a boot camp. This whole life is a boot camp. And I said in the message, and let me say it again, that people get caught up in what they perceive and wrongly of God's unfairness and injustice. Mm, they see point. people that murder, people that rape, people that molest, and they say, how come they're still alive? God is the God of many chances. He gives us freedom. 
And this whole life is but a blink to God. This whole life is but a day to God. This whole life is our boot camp. This whole life is our test. And those innocent people that were wrong, those people that suffered, those people that didn't deserve what they got, if they had faith in Jesus Christ, they will go to heaven forever. Let me say, forever. forever. There's no pain. There's no tears. They will be reunited with those they were separated from. I've lost people tragically. Mm -hmm. A good friend of mine got hit by a hit-and-run driver, and he died, and his, his wonderful wife was a widow, and children missed him, and I missed him. We all missed him. Mm -hmm. And we never knew who did it. We said, that's not just. And as much as we miss him in this life, we will be with him forever. Yeah. I think we don't think en enough about heaven. But to answer your question, because God is preparing us for something better. Mm -hmm. there, so, we will reign and rule with Christ in heaven for all eternity. So this life, God is gracious and generous and merciful mm -hmm. to give the wicked many chances, mm -hmm. and we will be together again. So when you're talking about deliverance, this this is just a training ground for, something, right. for something different, for something more. And I think the common Christian or someone that just can just think and fathom like what life is like, they're probably just thinking about themselves, like yeah. my career and getting married, being in relationships, which are all really being great. Being happy. Being happy. But really, that's not that's not even the tip of the iceberg of what life is. No. The real life as a Christian is getting to, to know Jesus in a full way and, and, and loving him, understanding that he's the Lord and Savior of all things, the creator of all things, and that we know as Christians that there's another place that's nothing like this, that, that this life, our 80 years on earth, 100 years if we can make it, is literally a blink of an eye to eternity in heaven. It's a shadow. It's a flicker on the wall. It's the grass that grows and... And then it's gone. But what we do in this life, mm -hmm. the choices we make. Mm -hmm. A student has all semester to do their homework, to do their test, to get the grades up, to finish the final. And then the final comes, mm -hmm. and then they get the grade. Final means final. Mm -hmm. And on the last day, everything we've done, everything that's echoed on, will be tallied up. And each one will stand before God and have to give an account. Mm -hmm. And those that did wrong, mm -hmm. there will be a consequence. I don't think people understand the gravity of eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. To go to hell and to be under the wrath of God forever. Mm -hmm. People feel a little bit of, ah, oh, that was made right. When the drunk driver gets to go to jail. When mm -hmm. the robber gets caught and gets prison sentence. When the murderer gets public execution. We feel like, oh, maybe the, at least he got what he deserved. No, yeah. you are judging by man's standards. Yeah. Civilly, which is a good thing, I suppose. But what they don't realize is God is going to judge every person. Mm -hmm. And he has, here's the big one, delivered us from the wrath to come. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about deliverance, I'm not only talking about your habits, your hang-ups, your old way of living, things you don't want to do anymore. I'm really talking about the wrath of God. You angered a holy God, and he is going to pour out wrath. Mm -hmm. People will go to hell for eternity, and I have escaped that. I've been delivered from that. Mm -hmm. Pastor, that's a really great point. I think if you're listening out there and you're kind of confused about what we're talking about or about... Being just, because being just with God in the right standing of God is different from being a good person, right? Can you, Very different. Can you tell me about that? Because I know I've, I've met a lot of people that try to, like, I just had a conversation, like, I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, in, in American standards, like, because we're Americans, we're here in America, being a good person could be different from in a different country. There's different things of what good is and what morality is. We make morality up right. every single day, what we think is moral, what we think is unmoral. Can you describe a little bit about what being just is in the eyes of God and being a good person here on earth? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus said there are none good, mm -hmm. that only God is good. And being just, being righteous, being declared innocent in the eyes of God 
is a legal term. And what it means is God has expunged your record. God has forgiven all of your sins. All of us have sinned against God. All of us have broken God's law. Hey, the other day, I won a karate tournament, the Shudokan tournament. Oh, it was a great tournament. I was really proud of my performance. I did the best I could. Yeah. I ended up winning. Now, I beat some really good guys, but does that mean I can challenge John Jones? No. Doesn't mean Dana White just found me and I'm going on the next contender? No. No. Tuesday night fights? No. <laughs> it's relative. And people's, quote, goodness is relative to other people's goodness. Mm -hmm. In the book of Genesis, every man did what was right in their own eyes. Of course, people think they're good. Of course, yeah. people think they're right. But ultimately, God is the judge. It's like you write a paper and you think it's good. Mm -hmm. Your professor gets it and he tightens it all up with red marks and mm -hmm. the grammar's wrong, the research is wrong, and it's factually untrue. Yeah. And you thought it was good, but then you get an F minus. Yeah. Because you are going good by your standard yeah. and he's going good by another standard. That's so exactly. to answer your question, none of us are good, yeah. but God forgives us if we put our faith in Christ, then he makes us righteous. Because he no longer holds our sins, our mm -hmm. law-breaking against us. But he said, Jesus paid it once on the cross. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay it again. Mm. Pastor, that's a good point. I think a lot of people that, especially in the day and age that we live now, some people like would say, what's it worth? You know, like being a nihilist or someone says, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter at all. Like it literally doesn't matter. Being good, being righteous, it doesn't matter. What are some benefits? Like saying like if we're trying to, if you're out there listening and you want to, you're on the fence about different things and you want to go to church, but you don't know, you know? What are some benefits? Obviously, going to heaven would be a benefit. Sure, but, but they, as they a, say, I can't see that yet. Yeah, and so I think, and you're right, I think a lot of people only make decisions, and it makes sense. We only make decisions what's at arm's length. You know, we can't fathom a million years. We can't fathom a billion years. We can't fathom eternity. Some of us can't even fathom tomorrow, what we're doing tomorrow. So tell us, what are some benefits you know, of I, I being had, delivered? I had a great conversation with a young man whose uh, spouse is a good, devoted Christian. And he told me, he said, I want to raise my child in the church. I love what you guys are doing. I love how you care about people. I love how you serve people. I love how you teach forgiveness and respect and honor. You guys seem like the happiest people I know. You guys are givers to society. You're helping orphans. You're building wells. You guys are the real deal. I want to raise my family. And I said, well, tell me about yourself. And he had some beliefs about evolution and beliefs about uh, you know, Darwinism. And we were going back and forth. It was a very good conversation. And then I asked him what stunned him. I said, mm. What good has your evolutionary belief done for you? Mm. And that's a good question. In a practical sense, how has nihilism helped you? Yeah. The belief that nothing really matters. And yeah. It was, what do you mean? I go, well, as a Christian, yeah. I forgive people and I'm a better husband. Ask my wife. As a Christian, I'm a more patient person. I'm a better father than I used to be. Ask my children. Yeah. As a Christian, I'm a servant leader. Ask those that, that yeah. I get the, the honor of leading. I'm, I'm helping the community. Yeah. I said, brother, you listed all the good things we do for our neighborhood and those impoverished and underserved. And our church is in an underserved area that suffers from poverty and, you know, urban problems. And he sees all the good we're doing. I said, I wouldn't do any of that if I wasn't a Christian. Mm -hmm. If I was an evolutionist, I would look for everything that was about me, 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 me. So I would say that Christianity develops good character, honest, faithful people. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile... Evolution and nihilist produces very selfish, power-hungry people. Egotistical people. Yeah. People that want to just, you know, hedonism or just people that just want to seek pleasure at any cost, you know. And so, be happy. Be happy. And I think, uh, I think, I think there's a lot of misinformation. That's a that's a word there that's been thrown around a lot. Misinformation about anything and everything. But 
I think the misinformation when it comes to Christians that we're judgmental, that we that we judge people like crazy, that we're not accepting, if we don't say the same things or believe the same things, we shun you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I don't think that stereotype is real. I don't think no. people think that we're so high and mighty, especially here at our church. I don't think anyone <laughs> thinks that. But our church, think? we have people that have been delivered from greater sins than you have committed. I promise you. We've got yeah. some sinners that are coming to saints. And people are focused on themselves. When it comes to the communion table, it says, examine yourself. Mm-hmm. Before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, take the beam out of your own eye. Mm-hmm. And so there is this introspection where we do judge ourselves. And we believe that the Holy Spirit comes in us. And then when he's in us, it produces a change of heart, a change of desire, a change of mind. We're not imposing change on people saying you must yeah. behave like this. In fact, look at the book of Galatians. There are some that are wrongly saying... Do not touch, do not taste, do not eat, don't observe this day, you must observe this day. So rigidly legalistic, and we were saved by faith, by the grace of God. In Acts chapter 10, when the Gentiles were allowed into the church, we see Cornelius and his family are brought under, and they ask, they have this huge council with all of the church leaders, and they're all Jewish, and the controversy was, do we have to make them follow Jewish law? And the answer is, let's give them two laws. They can't fornicate, and they can't drink blood. Mm. Okay. So we're not a real legalistic type of people. However, the darkness will always hate the light because the deeds expose the light. When mm. people see how happy they could be, when they mm. see how connected they could be, when they see the fullness of life, Jesus said, when they see the love that you have for one another, then they'll know that you're my disciples. So people are jealous of that kind of love. People yeah. criticize what they don't have. Yeah. You know, I think we're talking about, you know, we're talking just... We're, we're not really talking as spiritual, but right now, even spiritually, you think to yourself, like, a lot of the things that, that in my life that are good and that reading the Bible, but it was more metaphysical than physical. I, I feel like the Holy Spirit, once I accepted Christ, and I literally, spiritually, mentally, and in my heart, I transformed and become a different person without even thinking about it. I, and, of course, it takes work. It takes consistency and praying and seeking God and reading the Bible and being faithful but there is a spiritual sense of being yeah. transformed. Can you talk a little about that, Pastor Drew? I'm glad you asked. We, we had this ceremony the other day that was really good. It was a, a flag ceremony. And some Marines came and they talked about the flag. And we, we had our youth group grow. And it was really good and it was impactful. And you know what? There was a part of me that almost regretted happening only because we didn't preach the Bible to our youth that night. They had mm-hmm. spiritual lessons, sure. But it made me realize what a spiritual church we are. Mm-hmm. That we talk a lot about you must be born again. You must yeah. be born again. You must be born of the Holy Spirit. You must put your faith in God. And God has to save you. I can't save you. Your good deeds can't save you. You following rules can't save you. So yeah, when you put your faith in Jesus, it's a personal experience that you must have mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit coming into your spirit. And then you would know that you know God. And if you haven't had that, your religion won't save you. Your religiosity, your traditions, your being dunked underwater or eating a wafer or bowing a direction or giving enough money, nothing can save you except for faith in Jesus. It, it's said of Abraham that he believed God and was counted as righteousness. Absolutely. It, the just shall live by faith, that God is a respecter of faith. And so I, I would absolutely agree with you that it has to be of the Spirit and not of our own works, lest mm-hmm. we would boast about it. That's but right. it's the Spirit of God working in a heart that really matters. Yeah, and I've seen that. I've seen people super gung-ho on serving and helping, and they want to do pretty much everything. And through the years of me, yeah, sure. you know, seeing a bunch of people, you know, wanting to help and stuff. But really, the people that stick and the people that really help, 
uh, even myself going through it, you know, like where I want a pat on the back and I want you know, certain things and serving without the pat on the back, serving because there's something spiritual inside my heart that I have to, I need to serve. I need to, to come here. And I think as a Christian, the, 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 that route is that you get saved, you get born again, you're excited. But then after a while, you know, it takes a lot of effort to really read the Bible and be consistent. Then the Holy Spirit will do a work in your heart. And then you're not doing so much things for man. You're doing things because you've changed on the inside. Yeah. And I think out of all religions that I've, I haven't studied that many religions, but a lot of it is rigid, uh, religiosity where you do this and you get this, you do that, you get this, you make it to this level and, and now you can achieve this. Right. But inside, in, when we're talking about Christianity and the Holy Spirit, it changes you from the inside out. There's nothing I can physically do and let, other than read my Bible, be consistent to church, but the Spirit, Holy Spirit is with us every single day, every single hour working through us and changing us from the inside out. And I can't think of that in other religions. I can't think of, of that. And it actually makes me very sad that some, some, you know, sects of Christianity or something don't really tap into the power of the Holy Spirit because he is God yeah. and it is God. And, um, how can we be delivered yeah. without the deliverer? True. Very Why true. would God be a deliverer if we don't need his deliverance? If we could do it ourselves, we would have done it ourselves. Absolutely. But we need the Spirit's power to help us. Hey, that's Brother Bennett coming in. That's it's right. It's almost time for service. Almost. This has been an amazing episode of Showbread. Because it's fresh. Hey, next week we got Pastor Jim Baldwin. Pastor and Jim the Baldwin. Smile Seekers coming on that's right. live. You know what, uh, Brother Bennett, can you please close us out in a word of prayer or I a show? Sure oh, this guy will, can Brother pray. Jesse, Man. Pastor. I sure will. Father, we just come to you thanking you so much, Lord, for being with us for instilling us with yes, your God. powerful yes, spirit, God. Lord. We praise you, and we love you. We thank you for this time of showbread, Lord. We thank you for all of those who listen in, Lord. We pray that you would touch them, Lord, and that you would meet yes, them Lord. where they are, Lord. We ask that you would be glorified, yes. Lord, today yes, and always, Lord. And we ask that everything we say and do in representing you would bring you glory. Yes, all this we ask in Jesus' name, giving you all the honor. All the praise yes, and Lord. all the glory. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen.